0: You're listening to She Said What with your host, Alyssa Harper. Hello, everybody. Welcome or welcome back to the She Said What podcast with your host, Alyssa Harper. That is me. If you have not been here before, this podcast is for you. It's all about you getting to hear about all these topics that a lot of people would say are like TMI, you know, sex, sexuality, periods, hormones, relationships, all the things that sometimes people don't get into when they talk on social media because they can be quite personal Um, and because I'm a big oversharer that's not a problem here and um, I love to chat about all the things that people like to keep under the rug and people like to sweep under the rug and people like to ignore because I feel like it's so important that we bring these things to the light and we make this information accessible for everyone and we make it inclusive and that's what I do here on this podcast. So thank you so much for being here. This episode today is all about how to enjoy your period, which sounds a bit crazy if you're someone who, especially if you have symptoms around your period, like mood swings and cramps and low mood and all of those things. Like, I understand why that <laughs> sounds a little bit uh, crazy. But I've been going on this journey now for the last maybe seven, eight months, and I've been learning so much about my hormones and cycle syncing, cycle tracking, um, like just how to have a better period and how to lean into what your brain is doing in all the different phases, what your hormones, because obviously this is the thing, right? When I first started learning about this, I was like, I guess that makes so much sense. Like, why would I assume that my brain is going to work the exact same in all the different phases of my cycle when my hormones are completely different in all the different phases? And the more I just like leaned into it and learned about it, the more it has just made my life so much more full. And I'm so thankful that I've learned all this. And I'm like, this is a lifelong thing. This isn't just like... A trend or like a fad or whatever Like this is my life now And I plan to live like this for the rest of my life Learning to live my life in line with the different phases of my cycle. And so I get to share that with you guys today, specifically how to enjoy the menstrual phase, This the phase of your when you get your period and when you bleed. And I'm going to be talking about how to think in this phase and what your brain is doing in this phase and really good ways to kind of journal and take like stock of where you're at during this phase. I talk about relationships and how they might be affected in this phase. I talk about food and all the different things that you can eat to improve your hormones, so that you get to enjoy your period and you don't have to experience the symptoms that I mentioned earlier. I talk about exercise and what's the best type of exercise to do on your period to help with cramps and things like that as well. I talk about what period blood should look like and what you should be looking out for to find these like Messages from your body that you do have imbalanced hormones, and I'll get obviously way more into that later. I talk about sex and how your body is on your period when it comes to sex and tips around that. I talk about dieting and which diets to avoid and how that affects things as well. I talk about self care and scheduling self care alone and how to just lean into your period in a way that it gives you value. And you don't have to see it as like this time when you're like out of order because that is not how it was ever meant to be. And having to assume and being taught that you should assume that your period is something that makes you less it's rooted in patriarchy and it's bullshit. It's, it's absolute bullshit. Um, your period is such a valuable, beautiful thing. And if you are someone who menstruates then you are lucky because you get so much feedback from your body, you get to work in this like cyclical nature that is so intertwined with so many other things on this earth. And I think it is such a beautiful thing. So this episode is all about honoring our periods and learning how to genuinely, like I'm, I'm serious, genuinely in. Enjoy them and get a lot out of them. So look, let's get right into it. I lied before we do, I'll give you a little update on my week. So I actually didn't end up posting a podcast last week, which I was a bit sad about, but it's because I've been focusing heaps on my TikTok. Cause my guys, this is crazy. This last week, my TikTok hit a hundred thousand followers. What the hell? What? why? For what? <laughs> like, I was sh- shocked. I was so excited. Um, and it was going up like pretty steadily. And then I had a little bit of like a jump and then Charlie Pooth, like the Charlie Pooth, used my video, <laughs> which is so funny. Basically he'll like take people's videos and he'll stitch them and then like use the second half to like promote a song or something like that. And so the start of my video was me saying, did you know that orgasms are actually really good for your health? And then he jumps in and he's like, No, I didn't know that. But did you know that this song is coming out and like played the song and whatever? And I died. I literally woke up. It was like 4:30 a.m. I was about to go to Plotties to teach, and I saw it on my phone, and I was like, "What?" Like, I literally was like, I thought it was like a glitch. I was like, "What what do you mean?" And I like went and saw the video, and I was like, "What do you mean?" All these people tagged me in it. They're like, "What the heck?" It was crazy. It was so funny. And then I woke up my husband, and like, cause he loves Charlie Puth. Like, literally, he's such a good songwriter. And my husband is a producer and makes his own music and everything. So he was like. Super inspired by Charlie Puth, and actually did a songwriting course that was made by Charlie Puth. So he like knows him like quite well, right? And so I was like, "Honey, like, good morning, (laughs) like, can I wake you up for just a second? Like, I'm sorry." And he was like, "What?" And I was like, "I just, I need to show you something on my phone quickly." And he was like, "This better not be a meme." (laughs) So I just passed him my phone. I showed him the video, and he was like, "What the hell?" And he was so excited. It was so cute. Anyways. So that was my week. It was a bit crazy, a bit bit exciting, very exciting, actually. And um, yeah, it was just nice. I also have started my period this past week. And so I think it's a great time to be talking to you guys about this subject because I feel like I'm like in that mojo and I have that, that like intuitive feeling, which I'll explain after where I can like connect to you guys here. And so I'm really excited to be sharing about this. Yeah. Um, I reckon we just get look like right into it. I have a lot to talk about. I actually did a lot of prep for this episode, which like not that I don't normally do. Like I absolutely do. But this isn't like an opinionated episode, if that makes sense. Like it's I'll share my own experiences and things, but it it is a bit like sciencey in some spots because like I'm talking about specific foods and like specific hormones. And so like I I did my research here, guys, I was all over it. So (laughs) let's just get into it. Okay, Uh, I need to stop saying that we're just going to go number one. Okay, number 1 for learning how to enjoy your period is to understand that your brain works different in this phase. It works different in all the phases, but specifically in your period, seeing it as a time for introspection and being able to connect with yourself is going to change how you see your period hugely. Like when you start to look at it and go, "Oh, like that's that's me time." Like that's a chance for me to literally connect with myself in a way that I'm not able to do in other phases. Ooh, the value, okay? So the communication between your right and left hemisphere of your brain are the most powerful during menstruation because your hormones are at their lowest. This will help you recognize where you're not satisfied in life. So instead of looking at it in a way of like, oh, on my period I have a low mood, and on my period I feel like everything pisses me off, sometimes we need to realize that when we're pissed off, it's actually good, valuable information for us. Because if we can go, like my boyfriend's always pissing me off, or this friend is just like, "Mm, always driving me crazy. Like, it's a good chance for you to go, okay, first of all, are they always driving you crazy, or is that you just right now? Or are they literally genuinely always driving you crazy and you just allow yourself to put up with stuff on a regular basis? It like highlights things in our life that might not be going the best. And like I said, you can look at that and go, oh, like it's just doom and gloom. I can just hate on everything during my period. Or you can go, no, let's actually break this down and figure out what's going on here. In this phase, you are so much more likely to be able to connect with your intuition. And for me, intuition is something that's really important. I feel like I've always been very intuitive and I've always been very like connected to what I think is going to happen and who I believe I am. And I've had a lot of people tell me like, you know, you seem very wise. Or even when I was really young, people being like, you seem a lot older than your age and whatever. And it, to me, I think it was always because of that intuitive factor. And intuition is something that people can absolutely grow. So if you are thinking, oh, well, like, I don't feel like I have that. Don't worry, because it's absolutely something that grows over time. I think with age for sure, but also with You going deeper into who you are and taking time to like genuinely work on who you are as a person and understanding like deeply what you believe and what you want. For me, I went through a huge journey where I was a part of the church for like ages, like literally my whole life. Moved to Australia literally to go to Bible college. (laughs) Yep. For two years I did that. And then eventually realized that it just wasn't what I wanted anymore. And it didn't fit into my life anymore. And there were so many things with the church that I just hated for so many years, but I just like would give excuses for and eventually left the church. And that whole experience, although it was one of the hardest things I ever did, it grew me so much to the point where I was able to like come out as bisexual, which I'd been like holding in for a lot of years. And I've just been able to become who I genuinely want to be. And I am not a finished product by any means. I am growing every single day. And I'm sure I'm going to look back at myself in five years and think I'm, you know, I'm not even close to who I am right now, but that's good. And I want that. Like I heard someone say this the other day, they're like talking about actually like, I think social media content and things like that. And they're saying, if you look at your work from a year ago and you don't cringe, then you're not growing. And that's how I want to be like, I want to feel that growth. So growing your intuition and leaning into your intuition, specifically in this phase, it helps you to be able to feel for what is right rather than solely thinking rationally. And obviously thinking rationally is a good thing. Like, you know, thinking of how did this work last time? How is it going to work this time? You know, those things are potentially going to align and it's good to, you know, think clearly, but Being able to think with that extra, like, but how does this feel for me is completely different. And I can tell you that now that I have realized this, I find it to be so extremely true for me. Like, literally last night, right? I told you guys I'm on my period right now. Last night, I sat down. I was like sitting in front of our little fireplace heater thing, I lit a bunch of candles. I like took out my journal and I sat there and it was so easy to just like very quickly connect. I know a lot of people will say that meditation is so much easier as well in this phase because you're just so like so much more calm and the like anxiety that sometimes people experience during like ovulation and during like excitement, as long as they're in a safe space and they don't feel like there's anything specific that's causing them anxiety, like a specific issue in their life, it really is a chance for you to just like feel grounded and find that moment where you can ask yourself all the hard questions and begin to find that intuitiveness inside yourself, I guess. This is such a superpower when it comes to your spiritual life and maybe you're not a super spiritual person and you know, you don't really feel like that has anything to do with you, but if you are, and again, it doesn't depend on like, it doesn't matter what the religion is. If you're a Christian or a Buddhist or you are someone who's spiritual, um, any of those things can be brought to a deeper level when you are on your period and again I want to respect all you know religions and cultures here and I want you to lean into it how it makes sense for you but just know that that connection and this is true scientifically with the connection between our two brains hemispheres like it's able to go deeper in those moments if that makes sense I feel like I'm rambling but I hope that makes sense I just want you to understand that this is something where you can literally like tap into things that you can't normally tap into Like, that's crazy. And if you aren't a super spiritual person, it's a good chance for you to tap in to yourself in the sense of thinking about what goals you want to accomplish, thinking about, am I happy with X, Y, Z that's currently happening in my life? And I think another way to do that is to begin to evaluate. And I would say this, this goes for everybody, is evaluating as if you are at the end of the month. You know, people do like monthly goals, right? Like these are my June goals and they'll do it on the first of the month and whatever. The, I find, at least for me, and I know a lot of other people who cycle zinc, um, it's amazing to do it in your cycle instead because each of the phases really – affect kind of how we are creating projects and completing things. And that completing of a project usually happens just before your period. And so if you can get that done before your period, it's an amazing time to then on your period, be like, okay, how did that thing go well that I posted or that I like presented at work or that friendship that I just started? How is this going? And you can take a second to reflect And ask yourself questions like, am I satisfied with this thing? How are these relationships going? What needs to change in my next cycle for me to have a more positive response to this question? Every cycle is a chance to learn a little bit more about what flows well for you. And it's really important that you understand that this is individual to everyone. So I could tell you guys that, you know, something works so amazing for me and you might try and you might not notice a difference. But then you're going to go and you're going to try something else and you're going to go, oh, my goodness, I needed that. Like, I literally think I need to book this in on this day, every four months, like you might every, not four months, four weeks, right? You might realize like, this is something I need. And I have found those things. I can tell you, I'll give you more examples as we go throughout the episode, but I have found these things for myself. And the more I find these things, the more I'm just like flowing so much better into it. It's so cool. Like ah, my brain is just, it blows every time I think about this because it just, the, the fact that people don't do this and the fact that I didn't do this for years, Like, what? What was I doing? Literally, what the hell? Like, I just thought I was crazy all the time because I was like, my mood's all over the place. Like, sometimes I feel so happy and fulfilled. Sometimes I hate my job. You know, sometimes I love this person. Sometimes I hate them. And I just felt like I was crazy. (laughs) And now it actually makes sense. (laughs) Who would have thought? I learned that exercising on my period, doing like proper, like hard hour class of like reformer Pilates on my period actually doesn't help me. And for me, I learned that it didn't actually make me feel energized after, but I had to learn that the hard way when I then experienced like a lot of cramps the next day and didn't feel that good and had really low energy. And then, you know, then the next cycle I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to do that kind of exercise on my period. And I didn't. And then I was so much better. And it, it is that it's that you get that chance every time you go through your cycle to learn a little bit more. On your period, you might know this already, you are likely to feel less social and less energized for physical draining tasks, less motivated to start new projects, you know. But instead of seeing ourselves again as less in this phase, we can focus our energy to what we are good at in this phase. We cannot perpetually be in harvest. And this is something that actually might take you time to start to almost accept because we have such a culture of like, go, 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 like on my grind, you know, like girl boss, like get it done, like all that shit. And like, it's so hard to separate from sometimes because we want to perpetually be giving this like outcome and giving these like high results and doing really well. And, you know, you want to see progress, but like anything in nature, we cannot constantly be in bloom, right? We can't constantly be in harvest and we have to start to acknowledge that so we can start to live in a way where when we do have the energy, we use it and we planned for it and we're there for it. And then when we don't have the energy, we're resting and we're taking care and we're recharging and we're evaluating for the next cycle. Because if we do live that whole cycle out trying to serve others, trying to have this amazing output, it can very easily drain us, very easily feel, make us feel burnt out. And a lot of people are living burnt out and they don't even realize. A lot of people are just you know, at the point where they're barely managing to get to work and they come home every day and they feel like shit and they're just like, don't even know what to do themselves and like, that's burnout babes, that's it. And I've definitely been there and this way of living has changed my life. So again, instead of allowing your hormones during your period to make you feel all doom and gloom about everything... I want you to try to use these negative thoughts as signals for real changes that you may need, like you might need these things. A great way to do this is by sitting down and asking yourself questions that will help you move forward with more intention. Um, Some examples of that would be like, why am I working where I'm working? Is it fulfilling? What can I do to make my role more fulfilling, right? What steps can I do to get closer to a role that matches with me more intuitively, which relationships am I I gaining from in my life, right? Like what relationships am I genuinely getting something out of? And that doesn't mean that they have to be like literally doing things for you. I just mean like that you actually are like, Ooh, I really like this relationship or am I just in this relationship or this friendship because I'm comfortable. And the idea of looking for anything else is a lot harder, right? When, um, I started doing this, I started to realize that there were so many things that I literally just held on to because it was just like easy or because I felt bad so it'd be like, oh, I'm just going to hang out with this person because like, I know they want to hang out, whatever, and we're friends and I feel bad because I didn't answer them. And now my boundaries are so different. It's so funny. Like it's not cutthroat and it's not mean and it's not to hurt anyone, but I just do not allow myself to ignore the voice in my head that tells me that I deserve better Or I just don't want to do something and that's okay. Another one for friendships to ask yourself is, who do I feel energized after being around? It's huge. And again, I'm not saying that if you have a friend and you hang out with them one time out of all the times you hang out and they were in a bad mood for whatever reason and you don't feel great after that, you should just dump that friend. I'm not saying that, but who do you consistently genuinely feel energized being around and after hanging out with? Another question to ask yourself is what held me back in this last cycle? In what situations was I disappointed? And how can I change this going into my next cycle? If any of these questions bring up fear or feelings of hopelessness or defeat, like that's okay. I want you to know that, that if this is the first time, especially at the start when of doing this, when you sit down and you go, am I fulfilled in this? Am I fulfilled in this? And you start to realize like, no, I'm not. That's okay. Because that is the first step. And that is the most important step to actually realize that you need change in your life. And instead of making quick decisions here and just quitting your job or dumping your boyfriend, I want you instead to write down in what situations, in in, in these situations, what you can do to move forward, right? So instead of actually going and dumping someone, writing down like, um, Maybe I should reassess this relationship or see how I can make this relationship more fulfilling or see if this is what I still want. Same with friendships. Obviously, same goes for that as well. And then, as you lean into your next cycle, you start to assess that thing. And it's kind of like you have the whole menstrual cycle. You have the whole, like, seeing all of your hormones and all the different phases you can go through and you can see how you feel through all those phases. Because what's really interesting is a lot of people will find that their relationships within, especially their romantic relationships, the issues come up when they are before their period potentially experiencing PMS or on their period and the reason this might be is because our hormone her our hormones are at their like all-time lowest in our cycle. And so when you're at ovulation which is kind of in, like the middle, I guess I would say, it's it's in the middle. Um you have more of an urge to be social you have more of an urge to want sex you have more of an urge to kind of be able to sweep things under the rug about the relationships in your life but when your hormones start to drop and you're not potentially as interested in sex and you're not wanting to be as social you start to go like, what the hell am I doing? Like, what, what am I doing? This person's pissing me off. I don't want them here. I want to be alone. Like, ah, and it kind of like forces us to have this little moment. And again, that could just be you wanting more alone time and needing to make adjustments with, with how much you're around that person on your period. Like, I started to realize that. Like, sometimes my husband will come home and I'm on my period, and I'm like, babe, love you, but I do not wanna see you tonight. <laughs> like, I just don't. Like, I really wanna be alone. And I'll say to him, like, you don't wanna be around me. Cause, like, on my own right now, I'm happy, but I feel like you're gonna irritate me. And it'll be random things, guys. He'll be like chewing, and I'll be like, mm, I can't. And <laughs> it's, again, not his problem at all. And always being respectful to that person, not making them feel like they're the problem, but being intuitive enough to know that you need what you need. And that actually makes your relationship with that person better. And if you do realize after a few cycles, which I would always recommend that you go through a few cycles before you commit to someone, and you also go through a few cycles before you end things with someone so you can see if that happens over and over, or if maybe it was just like a little lull in the relationship or whatever. You Once you start to see things fully, you can then lean into what your hormones are doing If you want to break up with that person, which sounds a bit weird, but think about it, right? The ideal time to break up with someone is going to be in your luteal phase, which is just before your period, because your hormones are beginning to drop. You still have enough energy to be social in the sense of you can still go talk to them and you're not just going to be like, crying at home, like, I can't do this. Like, it's like that in between where you have enough energy, but you also are not able to bullshit yourself anymore, which is so cool. So anyways, that's just a little tip for you there. Um, I've heard that from a few different spots, so I'm not crazy by saying that, but, um, it's, it's a real thing. It is a real thing. Number two is seeing the value in period blood and how this is an amazing indicator to you as to what your overall health is doing. So Normal period blood should be a cranberry, kind of cherry-like color of red, obviously. Um, It should be clot-free, and that is a really good sign of hormonal health. So if your period looks like that, congratulations. Your hormonal health is awesome. The next one is if it is purpley, kind of blue with clots and clumps, that indicates that your estrogen is too high in proportion to your progesterone. This can also be paired with heavier periods, PMS, cramps, and mood swings. So if you notice like that sounds like you, it can lead to period problems, fibroids, cysts, or even endometriosis. So it's absolutely something that you should look into um, by seeing a gynecologist, which I recommend for all of these that aren't the healthy one basically to actually figure out what is going on with your hormones. The next one is brown blood at the start and end of your period, which I actually used to have, which I don't have anymore, but brown blood bit TMI don't know why I'm telling you <laughs> brown blood at the start of the period in the end. Um, it's that you don't have enough progesterone and what it is is that the leftover lining from your last period oxidizes and then it comes out in your next period. It makes it hard to maintain pregnancy, especially in the first trimester. It increases the chance of you having longer cycles or missed periods, depending. Um, Mood swings, anxiety, depression, trouble concentrating, sleep issues, and headaches are all things that could be paired with this one. So again, if that sounds like you... Don't freak out, but know that that is potentially your kind of type that you're struggling with here. And you can go see a gynecologist for sure. But with these ones where I I say to you, like, this means you don't have enough of this, you don't have enough of that. You can always go and do research on your own if you don't have the means to go pay to see a gynecologist or whatever right now. You can still go and try to figure out how you can get, say, your progesterone up, for example. The next type is if it is like a pale pink color, which means that your estrogen is too low. So your uterine lining isn't building up enough. It's associated with osteoporosis, shorter periods, loss of skin elasticity, vaginal dryness, low sex drive, hair thinning, anxiety and depression, and trouble conceiving. The last one is missing or irregular periods, which this one is a bit like open ended, I would say, because I have some people that will message me and they'll say, I get my period like every six months or, you know, I get it every five weeks, but I have like this little weird spotting in the middle. So it's, it can be a bit all over the place. This one could be a number of issues such as your body isn't creating enough FSH and LH hormone to trigger ovulation, right? So you're not actually getting it or you're not getting it enough, um, or like, you know, cyclically, Um, or your hormones are out of balance, and you're experiencing thyroid dysfunction could be another issue. But again, it can be so many things. These are just examples. Um, It could cause spotting and other symptoms as well. And again, symptoms can be an array of things, a bunch of things that I mentioned already, um, like PMS, and cramps, and low mood, and you know, all of the typical kind of issues that you might get around your period. Acne is another one, right? Um, With this, I would definitely recommend going to go see a gynecologist because it's so open-ended and there are so many things that could be going on. And not that you have like so many multiple issues, but it could be just one thing, but it's harder for you to figure out on your own what's going on here. I will say that if you are just completely missing your period, a big issue and a really common issue actually is that people just aren't eating enough and you need to be eating enough to support your hormones. And um, I'll talk about that in a little bit later, um, but that could be a big indicator just to point that out here in case you kind of, it goes over your head when we talk about food. Number three is to focus on lower impact exercise. So it's not to say that you can't exercise during your period. Um, And if you don't want to, you obviously don't have to at all. Um, If you just want that rest and you find that that works best for your body, maybe just going for a walk or something, that would be great, right? But focusing on lower impact exercise, you really want to, like I've just said, learn to listen to your body and know that it's going to be different for everybody. So if someone says to you, oh, you're not meant to work out on your period. You're not meant to do this. You're not meant to do that. Take it with a grain of salt always, because even I will say that. Sometimes I'll make TikToks and I'll talk about certain things and people will go, yeah, but for me, I like this. And I'm always like, that's great. (laughs) Like do that then. (laughs) Don't do what I say. (laughs) Like do what works for your body. And the biggest thing and a really good marker to know if it's actually helping you is, is it leaving you feel energized? Cause you know, when you leave like a workout and you're like, oh, I feel amazing. Like, yeah, I feel so good right if you leave and you feel drained there's a lot of potential that you are taking up all your energy with just that exercise for the day so you go you do this big workout you're like "Mm, amazing love that and then you leave and you have no energy for the rest of the day obviously that's not the goal right um really good examples of this is like obviously matt pilates is a very simple one um even going to the gym but maybe focusing more on like weights rather than cardio. And I'll explain why in a second. Um, Yin yoga is another one that is amazing. Yin yoga has like amazing health benefits for your period. And it is just so like stretches out everything, like helps you just connect with yourself. You can mix yin yoga in with that intuitive journaling that you will be doing. Like it's, it just all ties together really nicely something really interesting actually that happened last month I think it was on my period um, which is when I learned about yin yoga and all the crazy benefits Um, I found myself in my living room this was just like in the afternoon I was like on my phone doing something and I was like I just need to stop looking at my screen like I've been looking at my screen all day and I put my phone down and I just sat back and I was in like a child's pose with like my hands forward bum back over the heels and then kind of like stretching into my core and pressing my you know pressing your armpits down to Towards the floor. You know what I'm talking about? Um, and I was doing that and I was just laying there and I was like, I could just stay here. Like, I just feel so good here right now. I feel like I could literally stay here, which normally I would get a bit bored, you know, doing something like that. And I was just so enjoying it. And then like within a few hours I was like on Pinterest and looking at stuff. And then I started learning about all the benefits of yin yoga on your period. And I was like, Oh my God. And there's a little photo, like a little graphic of all these different positions. And one of them was child's pose. And I was like, wow, like that's literally that's on being intuitive for you because that is what I'm trying to build. And I was so excited. Cause I was like, wow, like the fact that I, I could feel that that was what my body needed and I just did it. And then I was like, wow, this feels so good. And then I learned why it felt so good. Ooh, love that for me. Love it light exercise on your period can be so good for cramps as well. So many people talk about this, how it's just really, really good for their cramps. And I find even for me, like the other night, um, I had some cramps, like nothing crazy, but did have a little bit of cramping and it was a bit annoying because I was just trying to fall asleep. And I decided to like get up for a moment and I did a few little kind of stretches and was like massaging, pressing down onto my stomach, like little sweeping motions down and then was doing it on my back as well. And my sweet, sweet husband, started helping me what a gorgeous human he was like half asleep and I was in a child's pose again just laying there kind of like rubbing my back and then he gets up and he's like right he was like almost asleep guys he like gets up he's kneeling forward he's like full massaging my back I was like what isn't that so cute anyways you don't need that don't worry it's gonna be fine you can do it yourself I was doing it myself just fine but if you do have someone who can give you that extra support ask them and tell them why it's important to you and make sure that they feel like that you are very thankful for them because it's it's very nice to have someone to give you that little that little extra love you know And I've been reading this book called In the Flow by Alyssa Vitti. And it's so funny because I reference it all the time. And I've been saying that I've been reading it for so long that I'm almost embarrassed. But it's because this book is like very heavy with information. So I like to read, especially books like this, I like to read it, then try to implement the information and then move on. Anyways, I'm going to read you a little insert from her book on page 136, where she talks about exercise on your period and why less is more. And it was so interesting. And I don't want to try to like reframe it in the way that I would say it. I'm literally just going to read it to you. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. She says, when you get your heart pumping, your body burns the glucose in your bloodstream for energy. This supply lasts only about 30 minutes. After that, your body needs to find a replacement to keep your energy up. Where does your body turn? It calls on your adrenal glands and they jump into action by pumping out the stress hormone cortisol, which converts stored fat into unusable glucose so you have the energy to continue working out. Although the fat burning part of this process may sound like a win for you, it comes with some serious side effects. If you have unresolved hormonal issues such as excess estrogen, which is very, very common, the cortisol spike and bat burning, bat what? Hello? The cortisol spike and fat burning leads to something counterproductive. The estrogen overload programs your body to convert any circulating glucose back into fat. Yes. You heard that correctly. And estrogen tends to cause your body to hold onto the fat cells in your midsection and hips. Your body doubles down on this action when those fat cells, which are hormonally active tissue, pump out even more estrogen into your body. The more fat cells you have, the higher your estrogen levels, and the more estrogen, the more your body hangs onto those fat cells. So instead of becoming a fat-burning machine, you become stuck in an ugly cycle of burning stored fat... With cortisol, only to have your high estrogen levels send the fat right back to all the wrong places. This is especially likely to happen in the luteal phase of your cycle when your body naturally pumps out more cortisol, which is on and before your period. Isn't that crazy? Guys, I read that changed my whole life, changed my mind because once I understood that my body pumped out more cortisol in those phases, And that if I worked out longer than half an hour and my body had to start pumping out more cortisol, especially if you're doing something that's going to be like hit or like very high cardio, and then it actually could be counterproductive. Oh no, honey. Oh oh, no. Because I'm literally working out for what? For what? You know? (laughs) So once I learned that, I thought it was crazy. And for me, actually, I did like I was a big gym girl. I was a big gym girl back in the day. And I would always go and I'd run on the treadmill and then I would do weights and all this stuff. And now that I do reformer Pilates and I actually work out less, especially around my period, I look the best that I've ever looked. And I feel the best that I've ever felt. And it literally is true. Less is more sometimes. Like in this situation, absolutely it is. And I've met a lot of people who will tell me like, you know, I do all these hit classes. I go to like F45 and like, you know, these big, big gyms and I'm really into it. And like, I still feel like I just look like bulky and bloated and I'm so tired and like fatigued. And, and I'm like, oh honey, I just want to, you know, even people who don't, it's when people don't ask me about it, but they tell me about it. And I'm like, I'm not going to give you unsolicited advice, but like you need to just chill. Like you literally just need to chill. <laughs> That's it. Anyways, I hope that gave you more context as to why I'm recommending like yoga and Pilates and whatever on your period. Um, But that's all I'm going to say about that. I reckon, I reckon that made sense. (laughs) Number four is sex. So understanding what's going to be happening with your body when it comes to your sex. I was going to say sexuality, but I feel like that doesn't apply (laughs) before your period. Your sexuality changes throughout your cycle. Hot take. No, Um, right before you bleed your uterus increases slightly in volume. Which makes it heavier on the pelvic floor. So, if you don't know, your pelvic floor is kind of like this sling that sits underneath your organs. And it also, you know, it helps with bladder control and, you know, letting things not come out or come out when you want them to. Uh, your pelvic floor is something that I find actually so interesting and not yours specifically. Well, I mean, maybe yours, but more so in general. Um, I find it really interesting because we talk about it a lot in Pilates and it also really affects the like strength and the i guess like enjoyability is that a word of your orgasms isn't that crazy you can learn more about that on my tiktok i made a whole tiktok about it but maybe i'll make an episode about it who knows it just doesn't seem like long enough to make a whole podcast about hmm anyways thinking to myself here um the pressure of your uterus on your pelvic floor may stimulate the nerve endings in your g spot inner labia and clitoral legs so it can actually be very enjoyable to have sex on your period. Some people, like I said, take this how you want to take it. Know your own body. Some people hate it. Some people are like, no, I'm." there's no way in hell I'm having sex on my period. They find they're really sensitive down there. They just, they're not in the mood, like emotionally. And that's fine. You do whatever you want. But know that you don't have to assume that sex is going to be bad on your period. And if you haven't tried it before, maybe you can try it because you might love it. Another recommendation here is to still use lube because a lot of people say that period blood is a really good lubricant, but if you think of blood, like think of if you have like blood say on your arm, right? And it's just there and then it dries. When it dries, it will cause friction. Whereas lube is made so that it doesn't just dry and, um, getting a really good lube and using it even when you're on your period will help to reduce any like pain, especially when it comes to the tissue, um, on your period and during sex. Another note here is to use your intuitive nature during this time to take things slowly and listen to your body. Like you might realize that you want a different kind of touch on your period, especially if you find if you're more sensitive in the areas that I mentioned earlier, you might not want that vibrator on full blast, (laughs) right? And I think something I would challenge you on is if you do have like a regular kind of routine of how you would enjoy self-pleasure. Instead of just going and reaching for that toy or doing the thing you would normally do, try to explore on your period because it's really interesting how different it actually might feel. And you might get to enjoy something during your period that you don't feel like you would actually enjoy as much when you're, say, in ovulation or a different phase. Again, another plus of your period is getting to experience different sexual Feelings and different like responses that your body will have to touch. Number five is to eat foods that give you everything you need to lean into your period powers, whilst lowering the likelihood of period symptoms. And when I started learning about eating for my period, I was like eating eating for my cycle. I was a bit like mm, like. I'm sure it makes a bit of a difference, but I'm sure it doesn't, like, make a noticeable difference, you know? And I wanted to lean into it, but I was like, it seems like a lot of work. It's a whole thing, you know? And I have a whole podcast episode about this, if you guys want to go listen to that, um, where I literally interview a period and hormone coach. And... um, No, that's not what she is. Period and hormone nutritionist. That's what she is. Um, And it was crazy. She's so smart. She was, like, just telling us all these things. And I was literally like, how are you speaking off the top of your head right now? Like you, how did you not prepare for this? Like you're like actually smart. Anyways, shocked me. I don't know how she remembers all that. Um, but I started doing this and it made such a big difference guys. I started making something called borscht. Okay. It's a Ukrainian soup. It has beets in it. It has dill both two things that are both amazing for being on your period and balancing your hormones. And this one, I remember the first time I made it and I literally make it every period now, the first time I made it, I had, I had cramps. I literally had cramps, ate the borscht within an hour, no cramps. And I did not have cramps for the rest of my period. And I was literally shook. I was like, how, like, what, how did that even happen? Like, how does that work? Like, You know, normally I would take like some sort of pain medication. I took borscht. (laughs) What? (laughs) What happened? It's crazy. And I would so recommend like leaning into this. I will go through and give you like a little list of foods as well here, but specifically it is recommended that you increase your intake of protein and healthy fats, keeping energy and moods stable. So it's going to help with that. Protein is rich in amino acids, which is necessary for hormone synthesis, and so it will balance things out. Proteins, fats, veggies, and fruits with a low glycemic index is really important. Another one is seafood, which can which I love seafood. Mm, I love it. Oysters, yes. I love it. Seafood can help remineralize, remineralize. Oh my God. I actually can't talk today. I'm sorry. (laughs) Remineralize. That's the one. Your body with iron and zinc, which you lose during menstruation. And I know know some people like to take um, an iron and zinc supplement during their periods and you can totally do that, especially if you don't eat seafood. Um, But our body will always metabolize food better than a supplement. Like we always do not metabolize every part of that supplement, if that makes sense. And obviously the company, every brand is completely different and you want to look for high bioavailability. Um, But it's great if you can get it through your food as your original source. Now, for the food list, I'm just going to list off foods that I know have been recommended by the professionals, things that I've leaned into as well and I've seen make a difference. So buckwheat, wild rice, beets, obviously, kale, mushrooms, specifically button and shiitake, blackberry and blueberry, which is amazing for antioxidants and fiber, while also keeping your blood sugar steady. So blackberry, blueberry watermelon is good as well, kidney beans, sesame seeds, and sunflower seeds. And also when it comes to seeds, um, there's something called seed cycling that people will do. And there's different seeds that you can be eating in every phase to really help with hormone balance. Um, I'm not going to go crazy into it right now because I feel like it's just like super niche, <laughs> but if you guys want to hear anything about seed cycling, I can talk about that. Um, and you can even just do your own research into it. Cause I've heard amazing benefits and like amazing results that people have experienced with it. Another thing you want to do or I guess not do is to not lean into certain diets, specifically restrictive diets. Like I mentioned earlier, a lot of people who experience missing periods are not eating enough. It's a, like it's so common because we have a lot of influence of how many calories we think that we should be eating like more than I feel like any other generation. Like there's such a top, like people see it as like a topic, like how many calories should I eat for this, for weight loss, for that, like those little calorie, um, counters, it's a whole thing can be super dangerous. Um, the whole like calculator of how many calories should I be eating to get to like a certain weight? Like there's all these little calculators online. It's a whole thing. Um, and even the recommended amount of calories that you should have every day isn't necessarily accurate. Um, something that people do often, and it is actually quite restrictive is intermittent fasting and it can definitely take a toll on your blood sugar and blood sugar is really important for your hormones and keeping them balanced. Um, there's this physician, her name is Sarah Gottfield. She's author of the hormone reset diet. If you've ever heard of that, it's quite popular. Um, she is Specifically says that intermittent fasting may cause blood sugar to plummet, while feasting, or I guess eating after that whole you know time that you are fasting, can cause it to spike, which is really not amazing for your hormone health. Again, if you've been doing it for a while and you think it's amazing and you have healthy period blood and you're vibing, then whatever you gotta listen to your own body. But um, I've just seen quite a few places that intermittent fasting. A lot of the research was done specifically on men and. It just wasn't inclusive to women and a lot of women are doing it and it's actually really hurting their hormonal health, but you'll get a lot of different opinions on things like this. And that's why I like to leave it a bit open, but there you go. That's just my take. (laughs) Make sure you're eating enough. Like I said, being in a calorie deficit with the same amount of calories being consumed day in, day out often doesn't work for people who menstruate because you burn more calories in the second half of your cycle. Like when you're nearing your period and on your period, that's often why you feel like you have more cravings and things like that. And you want to eat more because you're literally burning more calories because your body's doing so much work behind the scenes. And, um, it's likely that you may lose weight in the first half of your cycle, but then gain it back in the second half because you are feeling that like urge to eat more. And then even if you are burning more calories, you still might end up kind of slowing things down with exercise. And it can be very like yo-yo diety if that makes sense. And so trying not to focus on a certain amount of calories day in, day out, because your body changes so much, rather focusing on, am I hungry? Is this food a whole food? Is it going to make me feel good? How did my body react last time to this food? And I have a whole episode on intuitive eating. If you want to hear about that, it was one of my first episodes. Um, but that's how I diet, if you will, even though I don't, I would never call it a diet. (laughs) Another thing is to be aware of the recommended calorie intake advice and where that advice is actually coming from. I learned this the other day and I was like, what the hell? How is this even a thing? Okay. So I'm going to read you a little insert from an article that I read recently, um, super reputable like our article. I will link it in the description if you want to read it for yourself. Um, but this is what it says. So from USDA food consumption surveys of that era, the FDA knew that women typically reported consuming 1,600 to 2,200 calories a day and men 2,000 to 3,000 and uh, children, we don't care. Okay. But stating ranges on food labels would take up too much space and did not seem particularly helpful. The FDA proposed using a single standard of calorie intake 2,350 calories per day based on USDA survey data the agency requested public comments on this proposal, which is so funny. Also the agency requested public comments on this proposal and alternative figures, like literally just throwing out other numbers, right? 2000, 2300 and 2400 calories per day. Despite the observable fact that 2350 calories per day is below the av- average requirements for either men or women obtained from doubly labeled water experiments. Most of the, The people who responded to the comments judged the proposed benchmark too high. So, even though they knew that that number was still a bit low, when they told the public about it, people didn't respond well. Nutrition educators worried that it would encourage overconsumption, be irrelevant to women who consume fewer calories, okay? and permit overstatement of acceptable levels of quote, eat less nutrients, such as saturated fat and sodium. Instead, they proposed 2000 calories. (laughs) Isn't that wild? So they knew that 2300 was still kind of like a little bit low for the overall kind of average. And so when they got to coming up with the number for how many calories women should eat when they proposed it, everybody was like, no, that's way too many. (laughs) So they just rounded down to 2000. That's what they did. (laughs) So should you eat 2000 calories a day? Maybe. Do you need more? Maybe. Do you need less? Maybe. You just got to feel it out for yourself. And yes, you can use that number as like a little marker as like a, I don't know, a overall, maybe this is what I need, but please don't take it too seriously. Um, because it's a bit fucked how this stuff works. I am shocked these days. Now, every time someone gives me health advice, I'm like, okay, well, we'll see. <laughs> That's it. Lastly on this topic. And I think this kind of goes without saying, I know you guys are smart, but I just thought I would remind you, please do not look at fitness influencers who share how many calories they eat per day and try to match yourself to it. When I was younger, I did this for sure. I used to look at other people's macros and literally be like, okay, I'm going to do this because I want to look like her. Right. And you just assume like, if I do this, what she's doing, I'm going to have that six pack of abs. That's what I'm, that's, what's going to happen. Your body's completely different completely different. (laughs) You have completely different makeup. Your body like loses weight differently. It gains fat in different areas. It's just completely different. So please try not to compare yourself and take advice from people who are giving those kinds of numbers out because I shouldn't be doing it in the first place because they know what that causes. Um, and, just please focus on your body and what makes you feel good. And again, if you need any more help with this, I do have a whole episode about intuitive eating and intuitive eating in a way that is healthy and did actually help me get to where I want to be now um, and still be mentally stable. So there you go. My last point, and this is point number six, is intentionally schedule self-care and alone time because you might need it and that's okay. Okay. A lot of time we need this. We really need to be able to like shut ourselves out and have that intuitive moment with ourselves. And the problem is if you don't plan for this, then you're kind of fucked. Like if you don't finalize the project you're working on, if you don't get your assessments done, if you overcommit socially and tell all your friends you're going to go out that week, you might end up canceling on them, right? Or you might end up having to sit up super late working on an assessment when your brain is a bit all over the place and you need to just chill and do some yin yoga and play some healing sounds and, you know, light a candle. And you can't do that because you have to do the thing that you need to do. It sucks. It sucks. And then we're not living cyclically and we're not getting to lean into the amazing things that our body's doing. And I think this is why I used to feel so crazy. I think this is why I used to feel like, what, like, do I have some mental health issues that need addressing? What's my problem? Because sometimes I feel amazing and sometimes I just feel like shit. And now I realize if I feel like shit, at least I now know why. And I don't feel crazy and I can plan to hopefully if I've done it well and I've actually taken the time to make sure I plan well, I can like not have to force myself to do certain tasks when I'm on my period or when I'm on at least the heavier say days of my period. And it's amazing. And if we could all learn to do this more and more, the feeling of like confidence in ourselves in ourselves could just grow so much. Like I have found that for myself that now that I I know what's happening, I feel like I have control. I find confidence in it and I get the best results overall, 100%. Because now I'm not saying to myself, well, you have to make this amount of videos. You have to do this amount of this. You have to read this much on this day. You have to do blah, 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 blah. You have to do the same workout routine. You have to do the same morning routine every day. Now I'm like, no, I'm going to listen to my body and I'm going to do what feels best for me. And I'm going to use the research that I've learned about here. And I'm going to lean into it in a way where it makes sense for me and it actually helps my body. And it has, like I said, at the start of this episode, left me feeling so much more full and so much more fulfilled. And I feel like I enjoy my life more now and I just recommend it so much. So all the points that I talked about today, I hope you lean into it. If you have any questions, please, I always say this, please feel free to DM me on Instagram. My Instagram is Alyssa Taylor Harper, which I will link in the description. And um, if you guys enjoyed this podcast episode, please give it a little follow on wherever you're listening. So Spotify or Apple podcasts, you can also rate the podcast, which would be amazing. And you can even review it as well and leave a little comment on Apple podcasts. So if you feel inclined to do so that would be awesome and uh, it really helps me and helps me get feedback from you guys and i i really appreciate it always and i also really appreciate when you guys share it on your stories your instagram stories and share your thoughts about it or share it with your friends because you reach people that i don't reach and if you're still listening You obviously believe in this and you want to start doing something like this. And I think that's amazing. So congratulations in the first place for being here and taking the time to learn about your body and taking the time to lean into you because you are so worth taking the time for. And I'm very proud of you for being here. So thank you so much. And that's it from me, guys. Thank you. Have a lovely day. And I'll talk to you next time. Bye, guys.